You're listening to the West End Frame Show. Hello and welcome to the West End Frame Show, putting theatre in the frame and keeping you up to date with everything going on in the West End and beyond. I'm your host and West End Frame editor Andrew Tomlins and today I'm flying solo for a mini episode of the podcast. I wanted to open the show today with a discussion about Black Lives Matter. Following the tragic deaths of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and so many others, so many people have been using their platforms to speak out about racism, about systemic racism, institutional racism, and truly explaining what it means to be anti-racist. Whilst learning and listening and having all sorts of conversations over the past week, one thing that really strikes me the most is that some people think this is a problem in America still. Um, just a problem in America. And and that could not be further from the truth. Racism is very much here in the UK and here within our industry, within the theatrical industry. And being a theatre podcast, this is what I wanted to talk about today. There have been lots of stories on social media, lots of people speaking out, people sharing their experiences. And I wanted to share today just a few of these stories not because I think these are the the worst or the most hard-hitting, but because these are ones that I found myself using in conversations that I've been having with people. Um, so I wanted to highlight these ones today. The first one is Jacob Maynard's story. So Jacob is a West End performer. He was most recently in the West End production of 9 to 5. And on his Twitter account, Jacob shared a picture of, I think it was his script that he received on the very first day of rehearsals and on that script was a sticky label and it had the 95 logo and then beneath the logo it said BAME Dancer and then his name Jacob Maynard. If anyone doesn't know BAME stands for Black, Asian and Minority Ethnic. To see this was so shocking and obviously it had a massive response on social media. I think everyone who saw it was embarrassed. We all know that as a white person, as a a white ensemble member, you would not be greeted on your first day of rehearsals to find a sticky label on your script that said white dancer above your name. Jacob shared a series of tweets which were really powerful. One quote that I wanted to draw out and share today is that he said, we must do better to see people for who they are and what they can give in this industry. He then said, we all must insist for better, always. And that is incredibly important because we all must insist for better. And especially as a white person, it is my job, it is our jobs to ensure that we are speaking out when we are educated and understanding of our white privilege and able then to call out racism in whatever form it may be presented. So then 
A number of shows and theatrical institutions, including drama schools, this week have posted messages of solidarity saying, we stand with you um, across their social media platforms. And one drama school to do this was Central School of Speech and Drama, who said the following on their Instagram. We stand in solidarity with the black students, staff and alumni within our community. This post received over 250 comments with current and former black students sharing their experiences of systemic and institutional racism whilst at Central. It was utterly heartbreaking. This, of course, isn't just an issue at Central, though. Uh, Noah Thomas, who is currently playing Jamie in the West End production of Everybody's Talking About Jamie, said the following during a video on Instagram. And when I heard it, I wrote it down so I could share it today. He said, I can't comment on specific situations, but I can almost guarantee that every black student has faced some kind of ignorant prejudice or racism during their training. Many of these scenarios have been casual racial comments or microaggressions. So Matthew Hemley, who is news editor of The Stage this week, spoke to lots of students who have called out racism at the UK's top drama schools. And he then put an article together sharing details of the abuse they suffered during their studies. And you can find the link to the article in the episode notes in the description on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening, you can find the link to the article right here. One really powerful quote that Matt shared that has stayed with me is, you go to drama school to become an actor, but you end up becoming an activist. Rather than hearing the details of what they said secondhand, I'd urge you to read the comments on that central post and to read the article and to see firsthand what these students said. It ranged from everything to casual comments from teachers to not ever exploring texts, working on texts and plays by black writers and being called names. And then when these instances have been reported, they haven't been dealt with in a serious or appropriate nature at all. Lots of black performers and creatives within the industry have been speaking out and sharing experiences and stories. And one that really stood out to me is an article written by West End and Broadway actress Asmaret Gabriel-McKell. Asmaret was most recently Lorel in the West End production of Dreamgirl. She's incredible. Um, and she's going to feature on our new series of In the Frame as well. So... The article that she wrote was called I'm Tired of Being the Token Black Friend. And in the article, she talks about playing the sassy black friend time and time again throughout her career and even witnessing creatives casually using the N-word. Here is a quote from her piece. She said, It comes down to the need for the creative teams, the producing teams, and the general managers to represent the diversity that is now being so overly celebrated on stage, even as it remains lacking. Because if the same people tell the stories, the same stories will be told, and these experiences will continue. Again, I'm li- I've linked the full article to the episode notes of of today's show. I've also been reading a lot of stories and experiences from performers experiencing racism in auditions, in makeup and hair consultations for shows. The list goes on. It is is in every area of the industry. It's, It's present throughout. So with all of this being said, 
And like I like I said at the beginning, this is just a tiny few. These, these are just a few examples that I've pulled out because I've been using them in conversations that I've been having this week. But for me, posting "We Stand with You" on social media is not enough. And I think we all need to look at our behaviour and then we need to use our voices. But secondly, we all need to hold producers and theatrical institutions accountable over the coming years. Currently, there's a lot of learning and educating happening, but how is this then going to be used for action points? How is change going to be made? The issue... I think, stems to board of directors and management teams. And we need to see more diversity across the entire industry for change to truly happen. We need schemes and platforms for aspiring black producers, but we also need people at the top to consider their positions very carefully. The Black Lives Matter movement is of huge importance to the world and it's also of huge importance to our industry and we will of course continue to cover what happens going forwards. With regards though to what we discussed, I have some statements to read out. So 9to5 executive producer Adam Spears issued an apology to Jacob Maynard He said, there is no better evidence that we are part of a systemic problem that white privilege exists in our work. We recognise that and commit to fighting to change it. Central School or Speech Drama have issued two further statements. One of these included the following. They said, we are in the process of reaching out to all those who have shared their experiences so that we can offer our support and thoroughly investigate. We have not got things right and we know that apologising and admitting to being complicit in systemic and institutional racism is not enough. So with all of this going on, a few days ago I opened my Twitter and my Instagram to see the Stand By Me challenge being launched, which has been incredible. So this week, black performers from the West End and Broadway and beyond have launched a Stand By Me challenge. And it was so inspiring to have my timelines filled with so much incredible black talent singing the song Stand By Me. In response, there have been lots more videos showing solidarity across the industry. And it's been amazing to see. So if you haven't seen this, go onto Instagram or go onto Twitter and search the hashtag Stand By Me Challenge and strap yourself in and prepare to discover so many new voices and and see and appreciate so much incredible talent. I thought that was an incredible thing to do. I absolutely loved it. Make sure you continue to learn, continue to use your voice, and that doesn't just mean on social media. Have those conversations. And in the episode notes today, like I said, you, you can find the link to Asmaret's article and the article on the stage about drama schools. And we've also included an incredibly useful Black Lives Matter link, which lists lots of info, including petitions you can sign and charities you can donate to. Right, coming up, we are going to be discussing a monster calls at the Elvic. But first, it's time to talk about this week's theatre news. Last week, the show must go on YouTube channel, which has been keeping us entertained whilst theatres are closed, cancelled its broadcast of Peter Pan Live as a sign of solidarity with the ongoing Black Lives Matter protests. The channel has now announced that this Friday they will broadcast The Wiz Live, 
which stars the most incredible cast of black talent, including Queen Latifah, Mary J. Blige, Nayo, Uzo Aduba, Amber Riley. The list goes on. Shanice Williams, lots of amazing people. And I am particularly excited about this because I've never seen The Wiz before. And I've always, always, always wanted to see a production of it. It's based on the wonderful Wizard of Oz and Forest Dorothy as she's whisked away to the land of Oz and encounters some incredible characters. The Wiz originally opened on Broadway in 1975, running for four years. And this live production will be available from 7pm on Friday the 12th of June for 48 hours. I cannot wait. Other news, I feel like we're going to get more and more of these stories now. A new socially distanced immersive venue is going to be opening in London. The venue called One Night Records will open in London Bridge in October. And they have lots of policies in place. So the venue will have staggered arrival times for audiences, increased ventilation and masks for all, whilst all food and drink will have to be pre-ordered to keep everyone safe. No household will come within 2.5 metres of another household during the experience, with distancing measures constantly updated in line with regulations. The first production at the venue will be Lockdown Town, a musical tour that will take audiences through different genres and styles across the USA. I'm very intrigued. Um, Managing director Tim Wilson, who previously founded Vault Festival, has said that social distancing is part of the show, so guests won't notice it. I'm really interested to see what kind of alternative productions we see popping up. I think it's going to be a really exciting time for new creatives to come through and audiences to take risks on untraditional types of theatre they might not necessarily see under normal circumstances. So Lockdown Town runs from the 2nd of October until the 30th of December with tickets on sale now. In other news, Chichester Festival Theatre has announced plans to host a drive-in cinema in the car park next to its buildings and outdoor events in Oakland's Park at the end of August. This is excellent news. Although I have to keep saying, my, (laughs) I've been saying this to everyone, I'm really concerned about the toilets in these places because I hate a portly at the best of times. I always feel gross, you know, when you're at Edinburgh Fringe and you have to use the toilets they're always disgusting at these temporary venues and at a time like this there is no way that I'm going to use disgusting toilets so that I think that's with all of these things popping up that's what I'm most concerned about anyway sorry Chicago the musical will embark on a new UK tour in 2021 opening in Birmingham in March Uh, Dates have been announced for the upcoming live stream production of Long, starring Matt Smith and Claire Foy. Can't wait for this. The show will be broadcast from the empty Old Vic Theatre between the 26th of June and the 4th of July. And amazing news, the show must go on t-shirts have raised more than £125,000 for the Theatre Fund charities, with over 7,500 orders received worldwide. Remember, you can also get the mug, the notebook and the pin badge. I have the full set. I love them all. Um, and you can order yours from theatresupportfund.co.uk. <laughs> So it is time for some show talk. 
And this week, obviously, as we've been discussing, lots happening. So I've only, I only saw one show. I saw A Monster Calls, which was streamed, uh, the first show to be streamed by the old Vic. So this is Sally Cookson's adaptation of the novel. And it was staged at the old Vic back in 2018. And it's one of those shows that has really stayed with me. And I saw it at the old Vic and I didn't know the story. I never read the book. I didn't know much about it. And... I will never forget the show ending and there being this silence in the auditorium. Everyone was absolutely silent for a good few seconds until we could then take that breath and applause and release the tension because it, it was just so powerful. For anyone who doesn't know what the show's about, it is based around this 13-year-old boy, Connor, and his mum, and together they've managed just fine since his dad moved to America. But now his mum's very sick and she's not getting any better, and his grandmother won't stop interfering, and the kids at school won't look him in the eye. Then one night, Connor encounters a monster who tells him stories from when it walked before, leading Connor to tell his own story and face his deepest fears. It is really moving. It's, there's definitely similarities with Curious Incident in the way that the show is told through Connor's eyes and you can feel his innocence as he's kind of learning and experiencing love and loss and healing and dealing with the world through his mind and through his eyes. It's beautifully staged. I absolutely adore Sally Cookson. I loved her production of Hetty Feather. And she's just so creative the way she works. There's glorious elements of physical theatre, the use of the ensemble. The whole thing just flows. It's a beautiful, it's, it really is storytelling using the art of theatre in the finest way. And it's quite unusual to see. I still think Sally Cookson's style is, is unusual. And I think it's a shame that style of theatre is underused because it's so powerful and so special. And this is an archive filming they've released. And I think there's maybe two camera angles or they kind of zoom in a bit. But it really is, you get you get a wider perspective. I quite like that, I've been saying. Often I prefer these archive filmings to the ones which go right in and up close and are intruding on stage almost. I prefer that wider look, I, I, I think. And, um, and it really took me back to seeing it before and I was swept along on the journey and I'd forgotten how moved I was at the end and had that silence. But as soon as it finished, I immediately felt that that silence and I kind of paused for a minute and that was really powerful so I, I really recommend watching this amazing cast amazing performances amazing direction just beautiful storytelling so A Monster Calls is available on YouTube until 7pm this Thursday the 11th of June <laughs> Right, we're almost done for another week. Uh, but I just wanted to say that last week I told you our interviews podcast in the frame would be returning on the 5th of June for a new series. 
However, we made the decision to postpone the series to support the important Black Lives Matter information and protest coverage and everything that everyone was saying on social media. But we have the first four episodes recorded and ready to go. And the plan is now for the series to begin next week on Friday, the 19th of June. So stay tuned for lots more information about that. Um, and there we go. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the West End Frame Show. Please remember to check out the links in today's episode description to read the articles that we discussed, as well as all the important information about how you can support Black Lives Matter. We always love hearing from you, so don't hesitate to get in touch via Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search West End Frame. And you can also email me via andrew at westendframe.co.uk. I'll be back next week for another stagey catch-up.